You're listening to Strictly Too Much Information with your host, Barbara. On this week's episode, I'm joined by my friend Nana to discuss whether black lives really do matter. You'll get to hear the thoughts of two black women's experience on the movement, black identity, politics, and a whole lot more. Want to hear our thoughts? Tune in. But first, I'm going to let my friend Nana tell you a little bit about herself. Nana, the floor's open to you. Thank you so much, Barbara. Hi, guys. I'm Nana. Thank you, Barbara, for the invitation for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. Um... Just a quick introduction. My name is Nana. I'm 30 years old. I am from Vienna, Austria, born and raised. Um, I'm a black woman. I live in London, have been living in London for the past two years. So I've had a little bit of a interesting experience, I suppose, being a black person growing up in Europe. And that's me in a nutshell. Okay, Nana, I'm really sorry. I have to do this. But if you're from Austria, why are you black? I'm sorry, I really had to add that in. I'm sorry. Obviously, I shouldn't be making humor of a very serious topic, but I really needed to add that in because, you know. I think it's vital because you know how many times I get that question. It's (laughs) it's honestly comical. I should be rich by now. I'm dark white. What do you mean? I'm joking. (laughs) You know what's even worse? It's the fact that people don't, I don't understand if people said, oh, there are black people in Austria. No, they don't say that. They literally say, why are you black? What? <laughs> oh, this is too much for me to handle. I can't. Anyways, we got to get this show on the road. So I'm going to go through a series of questions with you. And basically, you're going to answer. I'm going to reciprocate with my own answers and thoughts. And then we're going to discuss. Yeah, hopefully people will be able to be informed, educated, and maybe rethink the way they look at people, society, Black people. I don't know. Hopefully something positive comes out of this. The very first question I have is, do Black lives really matter? My answer to that is plain and simple. Yeah, Black lives do really matter. And I know it's a very cliche quote that people say all the time, but it's that quote around all lives can't matter until Black lives matter, which is so true. I feel like Black lives do matter. I don't think they matter enough. Um, Otherwise, we wouldn't have a whole Black Lives Matter movement, would we? Do you know what I mean? Like if they did matter, would we be where we are now? Probably not. So to answer that question, yes, they absolutely do matter. They're at the top priority list for me. Um, I like to look at this question from two perspectives because obviously there's me looking at it as a Black woman and then there's also looking at, looking at it from the perspective of, you know, some people who may be like you said, like, do Black lives really matter? Why is it that Black lives are more important? And obviously from my perspective, Black lives do matter. Because there are so many, I would say, people in positions of power who have not only abused their power and unlawfully killed innocent Black men and women, as well as brown-skinned people, because I don't want to forget about them. But there are people that are currently in positions of power who are abusing their power. And thank God for the Black Lives Matter movement regardless of whether you have a negative or a positive perspective on the movement, we can all agree that the things that have been happening to Black and ethnic minorities by the hands of police officers is wrong. It's unjust. There's no justification for any of it. If you're, the way I look at it in in the most simplest form is if you're a soldier, right, 
And for some reason, you feel threatened by an unarmed civilian and you feel the need to defend yourself by using firearm. There's a massive problem, not only with you as an individual serving, but also the institution that you represent in the sense that how are people like you put into environments where you potentially could put innocent people's lives at risk? Do you get what I mean? Totally, totally. I think it's wild i think it's crazy and it's also very sickening to think that obviously reckless yeah, yeah it's it's crazy to think that if these things weren't being recorded like they are currently then obviously these things would have continued people would not have been believed etc etc but it's it's even crazier to think that even with videographic photographic evidence it's still like people on the counter perspective of the black lives matter movement are still for some reason don't see any wrong or any unjust actions that have been caused to victims well hey like um you know even though all this thing all these things are being recorded as of late but in all honesty where has that led anyone like the world has seen it, but I don't see those police officers, let's say in the sense, for instance, what we're talking about now, getting put to justice. I don't see what was the outcome, apart from the fact that the whole world has now seen the injustice, but what is what is still happening? Has anything really changed? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I almost feel like this whole recording of stuff, while it's great, and I think, yes, they should record it because that could potentially save a life, but it's not even saving lives. It's just documenting abuse that's continual continuous abuse that is being documented now in a tool that everyone can see but nothing is happening Mm -hmm. and that's what blows my mind it's crazy and for me it's also the fact around i i've always wondered i obviously i'm not a police officer i don't know anyone who's a police officer i don't pretend to know and i don't know what the training is like but something that's always interested me is in the police force for instance or in in a capacity where you are there to serve and protect the people do they get taught to you know apprehend or do they get taught to kill. And I just want to know what is kind of being taught in that curriculum. Do you know what I mean? Because I think the reason I say that is half of these, all these cases that we've been looking at, um, it's never just, oh, they shot them in the knee, they shot them in the leg, they shot them in the arm. I'm not saying that's better, but I'm talking about people surviving versus dying. Like it's always shoot to kill. And I want to understand where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Where is that taught? Where is it taught that they can't apprehend someone, but they have to shoot them in this case, like we just heard this week, seven times. Like where is that notion coming from? I just really, really would love to get an answer from whoever's the police officer in training. I just want to understand. Yeah. When you go deeper into but, it, it's like, it's very complex because obviously sometimes it's people, like most police officers don't work in their own neighborhoods. So they don't even have like a very, not to say that you need to have a biased perspective of the community, but if they knew the people they knew the troublemakers, the perpetrators of crimes, maybe they would deal with things a lot differently than how they're dealing with it. From what I've seen personally on social media, because obviously I haven't seen this in real life, real time type of thing, is that a lot of these officers that have inflicted pain on to victims don't come from the communities that they're serving and protecting, number one. And number two, They also probably have a very negative notion on the people that they're, you know, pulling their guns up to. That's the only way I can look at it. 
And obviously their case, they would always defend themselves by saying that, oh, I felt threatened or I felt like my life was at risk because, you know, that's the only just reason that you could potentially use to say that oh this is why i used my firearm do you get what i mean but obviously it's a very complex issue and we can talk about this forever but there are other questions to answer the second question that i have would be do you believe the black lives matter movement is effective in achieving its goals um i think um my first question actually i'm gonna have a counter question to that and you know sorry people maybe someone may call me ignorant but my question is more what, what are the specific goals of the Black Lives Matter movement? Because I think it really depends on where we're talking, on what country we're talking about. Like I know, for instance, in the States, of course, it's, first of all, we're talking about for them to stay alive, to have equality, to have justice. Mm-hmm. And yes, that can be spread over the whole country or the whole world. But if you compare it to maybe the same parts of like Austria or, or even parts of the UK where maybe let's say Austria where people aren't necessarily, Black people aren't being killed, it has different goals. So I think the first thing I would do is what are the goals of the Black Lives Matter movement? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like that is that almost needs to be broken down. So in terms of to answer your question, I don't think I can answer that question. <laughs> okay. I don't think I can answer that question because I think it needs more. There's more to it, if that makes sense. Do you feel like from your perspective, it's achieving what you would feel the Black Lives Matter movement is supposed to achieve? Do you feel like that's happening or do you think it's getting lost in translation? Like, what are your opinions? I, I'm going to go with, it's, it's not getting lost in translation. It's not. But equally, it hasn't fully achieved. Let me put it this way. It hasn't fully achieved what it has set out. So what I've noticed is, one, a lot of my non-Black friends, whether they're white, whether they're Asian, Native American, like whatever the case may be, have, are now more aware of the injustice that Black people face. Um, so there's an awareness piece, which I think the Black Lives Matter movement has definitely tackled and is tackling very well. So that's one part. The second part that it has tackled, in my opinion, is the, um, the kind of like dealing with the discomfort. So again, a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers are very uncomfortable noticing the stuff that they have said or things that they have done or the they, way that they have acted in the past. So again, it's tackled that side, mm-hmm. or it's rather it's tackling more of the emotional side, I think. I think the Black Lives Matter movement has done really well in just speaking to the hearts of people and tackling the emotional aspect of people and, you know, like kind of that emotional intelligence. But mm-hmm. in terms of actual quantifiable, measurable actions, I don't think it has reached that yet. So for instance, in my personal life, when I say I want to see a change, I'm talking um, having more Black CEOs, seeing Black partners. And when I say partners, I'm like partner firms or having more Black people being hired. I'm not seeing the actual change. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of we're here to support you. Like I said, that emotional aspect, but not it, I'm not seeing it being converted into real life targets or, or like goals. Yeah. Does that make sense? Very quantitative at the moment. Is that what you mean? It's yeah. Not- yeah. Well, I'm saying it's quite like, yeah, like it's it actually, I don't think it's, I don't think there's quantifiable. I don't think the goals are quantifiable. I think it's almost like everything's just focused more on, I understand and hear what you guys are going through. Yeah. Which is great. That's one part of the problem. But now where are we doing it to fix it? Because one thing that people also need to realize is as stupid as it sounds, in order for those goals to be implemented, they need to be implemented by the people who are at the top. And the people who are at the top are not black people. So it takes them to fix the stuff that we need to get fixed. Mm -hmm. But in order for them to fix it, they first of all need to understand what we're going through, but then they also need to be willing to do it. So the goals are being kind of, are being met, but not entirely. I think we've only just 
reach the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I would say the goals currently, I would say, aren't very quantitative. Um, are they achieving their goals? Yes and no. Like you said, it's managed to achieve awareness to some degree whether that be positive or negative, because, you know, you have to look at both perspectives. But I also, like, I really like how you brought into, like, perspective of, like, you want to see more CEOs, you want to see more Black partners. Something that really drives me insane are these companies, because obviously I work in social media, right? And, you know, during the whole Black Lives Matter movement in 2020 specifically, you know, you have all of these, you know, campaigns that are like, you know, oh my god, gosh, black people, you matter to me. We care about you. We're listening. You know, don't worry, you're being heard. We're muted. Blah blah blah. Right? And it's like, okay, fair enough. But what are you actually doing? Right? I used to work for a company. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get into legal trouble. But I worked for a company where I was the only black person that works there right and when I tell you dishing out my own laundry by the way guys but what had happened was basically I went on holiday came back from holiday ready to you know start the week go to work blah blah I received a text from the CEO of the company and he's basically like hey Barbara just to let you know some things happened while you were gone don't come into the office we won't be needing you anymore. Your contract's basically terminated, right? And obviously that's not the right way to be like, thank you, but no thank you. Do you get what I mean? That's yeah, just wrong. Absolutely. And they had the audacity to put up a black square on their Instagram page, right? And I was like, I really... To say what? To say that I we did... matter, right? But it oh, really... Yes, I swear, it ticked me off so much, right? I had to fight within myself not to come in and be like, how dare you even have the courage to post this black square knowing that you don't have any black people present in your company? And that's because you have selectively chosen to operate your business like that, number one, right? But number two, to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to use all this Black Lives Matter propaganda to, you know, make my company look like we care about Black people, but you don't, right? My whole time, the whole entire time that I worked there, I was miserable. The staff did not make me feel welcomed. And this isn't me saying that I want to be, you know, spoon-fed because... But you're talking about just being treated like a human. Yeah, but small disclaimer for those listening, right? When people say, when Black people say Black Lives Matter, it's not saying we want to be spoon-fed or we want things handed over to us because we want to work hard. Trust me, we want to feel like we've earned something. We don't want to just be given it. Do you get what I mean? But the fact that they use the Black Lives Matter hashtag, the movement content specifically to make their company look like it was diverse or that it re- like it really cared about people that come that aren't not only black but come from ethnic minorities really annoyed me and frustrated me because it was like you are exactly the reason why well one of the reasons why you know people who let's say have a very right-wing perspective um of the black lives matter movement who see it as a negative propaganda have the opinion they have 
because you're putting it's basically a facade do you get what i mean oh absolutely it's a lie false picture of yourself right and pretending that you care about something that you really don't care about and you know what to go even more into it it something that i really admired by jackie Ina was while this was all going on she was telling all of these brands and these companies you know you know show us the percentage of black people that work in your company and show us the positions be transparent about it because you know you can't say one thing right but it not be a reflection of that in real life and it was actually quite surprising how many companies didn't show the statistics on how many black people work for them or the positions that they had do you get what I mean it's the fact that you said it was quite surprising but in a ironic way it isn't surprising right do you know what I mean yeah of course but I mean like do you get what I mean like they wanted to profit off of this to make it look like they cared about the movement but it got lost because obviously you know there's one side that actually really does care about the movement and you know they've invested money time effort do you get what I mean to really um change for like justice and within the black community but then there's also the flip side who are just using this as a big massive media campaign to just profit off right but they don't care about real change do you know what i mean and like i said black people aren't looking to be spoon-fed i i do and don't agree with quota systems i mean it's good as in it gives opportunities to those that come from ethnic minorities the chance to work for you know these re- really big corporate companies but at the same time i think the negative perspective of quota systems is usually those people doing the crappiest jobs do you know what i mean and even if they want to work their way up it takes a bloody long time to do it yeah. actually i have two things to add to that so one being um this is a it's a it's a little bit different from what you just said, but around brands profiting or companies profiting from the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, I think every company in this world posted something to say they they stand in solidarity with Black people and they understand Black people and blah 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 and all this yada yada yada. Again, like you said, can we see the numbers? Can we see how many people you've hired? How many people of color are in leadership positions? Probably less than two percent. And but then just to add to that, like about people profiting from it you know when the riots first started or when it was like at its peak and people started looting shops and vandalizing you know in the states that is um Mm -hmm. and then it became this whole thing around all the black lives matter movement has now turned into an aggressive movement you know and is it even is it even you know people tried to stop it by saying covid yeah it's causing people to get coronavirus then it said oh the looting that's happening you know like the black lives matter movement has turned aggressive the thing that's hilarious to me when I say hilarious guys I mean this highly sarcastically is the fact that I don't know if anyone listening saw the fact that there were I'm just going to say white people dressed as black people with black, like a black face and paint on looting stores and stuff and vandalizing stores just to appear like they weren't white because they didn't want to get in trouble and it's that whole piece around for me like again like there's a movement people are using the movement for good and for bad more people so for their own benefit than they really stand for the actual movement but it kind of talks about like how you were saying like people are using it for profit like those white people were profiting off of the looting but trying to like dress and act black so that it wasn't so that they wouldn't like be found out and that's kind of how I feel like a lot of these companies are doing it. it's like this whole mask they're putting on this this mask of we are there for you we stand in solidarity 
I mean, I'm just not seeing any promotion. And even to add on to that, like one thing that I just remembered is besides from me being annoyed by companies that are using, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement for their own, you know, superficial benefit. I, with all my heart, soul and pride, do not get people, right, who don't have black friends or don't care about having black friends, have never made the effort to make black friends. This isn't me saying that, oh, you have to have black friends to have to care about the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Mm-hmm. But from my own personal experience, what I've seen, what I've witnessed, right? People who literally do not, couldn't count on their fingers, right? How many black friends they have, how many black people yeah. they care about. The fact that they've used this as a time to get likes, comments, retweets, whatever you want to call it, right? It's so bizarre to me, right? There were some people that I saw post the Black Square during the Blackout Tuesday. And I honestly wanted to comment and be like, do you even have any Black friends? (laughs) Like, See, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah, yeah. This is also just something that you were saying about that company that you worked for. You know how you were saying you wanted to comment? What is it that stopped you? And I think this is also really important. What is it that stopped you from saying what you wanted to say to that old company or from saying it to these people where you know, or chances are you're probably suspecting they don't, they don't have, you know, anyone of color in their circle. Like, what is it that you think stops us from so speaking from, out? From, uh, like, there's legal reasons why I will not name the company all the people because of defamation I'm not about to get myself sued or whatever because obviously if I imply something it can mean I I could be talking about anyone do you know what I mean but if I give people a concrete answer on this is the company I worked for their name this is the CEO's name these are x y and z right from that perspective it's definitely defamation I don't have the money to go court I probably will lose, but also from an industry perspective, obviously it's all about networking. Do you get what I mean? When it comes to like social media and marketing and PR companies, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And obviously the trick of the trade is to be nice to everyone. Even if they may not necessarily be the nicest person, you never know what that connection could lead you to. Do you get what I mean? So it's to protect myself, obviously, but also protect the company to some extent, which I shouldn't care about, to be honest. But I don't but know. But I think the reason I asked is I think it's important because I think almost every Black person faces this struggle. Because if this were, if the roles were reversed and it was a white person, a Black person's company, they would say something. So I always find it interesting why we don't. And that's why I asked, because if it was me, I'd act the same way as you did. I wouldn't say anything. I'd think it and I'd be stewing, but I'd never have the guts to kind of call them out. Even if it was, you know, going through lengths of creating a fake profile and just saying, actually, I know this isn't true. Or even emailing them and saying that isn't true. Because whilst I agree with you, like a whole hundred percent, like you don't need to name names and stuff and you could get caught for defamation or slander. The reality is it was your reality. and That is the truth. And I think it's so important also about the mindset of how there are so many things that have happened to Black people where we don't speak up. We can't speak up for fear of losing our jobs, for fear of not getting promoted. Like, it never has a good outcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, speaking up is deemed as not negative, but <laughs> if you speak up, you know it's going to be risky. 
and so that's why I was just going to ask because it, it it is something that I also think is important to add to this whole Black Lives Matter movement is I'm I'm hoping that the movement I think one thing that the movement hasn't met yet in terms of goals and it will take some time is it hasn't yet given Black people the opportunity to speak up it has given them the courage to say something's wrong but not in more like on social media maybe you know what I mean like if you see something that is like properly unjust like maybe someone calling someone the N word. But in terms of daily life and daily things that happen to us or work, I don't think um, we're there yet where we can actually be confident enough to speak up. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of goes in line with my next question, which is what's your experience living as a black woman in a very Eurocentric world? Is it positive? Is it negative? I, so my experiences have, I'm just going to be brutally honest. I didn't realize I was normal until I turned 18 and moved to the UK to study. Now, hear me out when I say normal. I grew up in the suburbs of Vienna. We were one of the very few Black people who lived there. So I'm used to always being the Black person, the only Black person in just about everything. I mean, I'm talking, we were the only Black people on the bus. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to an international school where I did see Black people but maybe four or five out of a class of what, 5,000. So I'm used to always being that odd one out, being stared at, being looked at, having different hair. You do different extracurricular activities, whether it's at home, um, at school or at church where you're always the odd one out. So I have grown up really feeling self-conscious and quite hyper aware, I would say, of my blackness and of being, being brought up in a non-Black environment, such as Austria. It's not like the UK in any way, shape or form. And so my experiences were not great growing up. My experiences were not great. I'm not saying I had a bad childhood, I had a lovely childhood, but I was very aware that I wasn't like the rest. And it wasn't until I turned 18, I moved to Birmingham to do like my bachelor's. And I was looking around and I was looking at all these like Black people or rather Black women. And I was thinking, hold on a second, they have boobs like me right? You know, like they're shaped like me. They're kind of bigger or smaller or they're all a little bit more voluptuous. Do you know what I mean? And I was thinking, this is so weird. Like this is literally what I look like. And when I say this, I'm not saying that I didn't have black friends at home who were also voluptuous. Like, yes, I did. They were, but it's different when it's your friends because in your mind, that's not the norm. It's just, they happen to be your friends. But when you then see everyone around you who looks like you, and then it, you realize, oh, this is, this is how it's meant to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is normal. So my experiences growing up were, weren't the greatest. Um, and I had a very Eurocentric view on beauty, which I think is so ingrained in me to this point where sometimes even to this day, I think to myself, oh my gosh, I wish I had a thigh gap. Not that I even think thigh gaps are beautiful, but it's just, it comes automatically because in my head, I'm like, it would just look more attractive. There's so many Eurocentric beauty, beauty ideals that I think have rubbed off on me growing up in a non-black area or not or growing up not having a lot of black people around that I think for me it's been a little bit more negative yeah it really is like I mean 18 come on it's way too long and even so like I'm 30 now and I still struggle like I still feel like oh gosh you know that reminds me of the time my I have these friends who (laughs) I bursted out into laughter because I was kind of like it kind of seemed ridiculous to me but um Obviously, growing up in London is very different to growing up in outside, like the outskirts of London or outer London, because obviously it tends to become more white, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
London's a very metropolitan city, it's very diverse, so like I'm very fortunate enough to have grown up in a very diverse environment, do you get what I mean? Um, whereas people like you, for instance, may not have had that opportunity until you were older or later on in life. Um, but I remember them saying that they didn't realize they were black until I, I think it was like later in primary school or something. And I was just like, it's so, that's so wild to me, number one, but also it, shows you how innocent we are as children like race doesn't even come to the equation when you look at somebody else when you're small but obviously as you oh. grow you start to realize that oh I get looked at this way because I'm black or I get talked to this way because I'm black etc etc right but I would say from my own personal experience it's kind of been like I, I would say for the most part it's been fine other than in like my adulthood and working like obviously that's where I've really been able to notice my blackness um uh-huh. if that makes sense but then also looking at it from the perspective of you know <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at this but I will never forget the time when a white person told me I act like an Oreo and I was so insulted because obviously I've heard it from black people, right? <laughs> but to hear it from a white person, that's like, that's so insulting, right? Because it's like, wait, you're basically saying that I'm acting white and I'm not acting black enough. Or do you know what I mean? You know, that whole notion of, oh, you speak this way or you don't use slang yeah. or do you know what I mean? Or you have your hair. You don't sound way. black right like I remember there was a time where I went to church right and basically guys I chemically straighten my hair don't come for me all you natural heads (laughs) right and obviously my hair's flowing with the wind and it's moving right and like to some white people that's like oh my gosh like how (laughs) touch me (laughs) right and I remember this one girl she came up to me and she was like oh my gosh how did your hair do that <laughs> I saw her oh mom. gosh it was like you know it's kind of those one of those moments where you're kind of like are you serious like are you seriously asking me this question like how who brought you who raised you like are you dumb like usually well, we know <laughs> use a, what do hair straighteners do they straighten your hair there's a clue right but also, like, I listen to such a wide range of music, right? I don't stick to the stereotypical, you know, hip-hop and R&B and rap. I mean, I love yeah. that. I love freaking Kanye West. That's my dog. Yeah. But Really? I thought you'd say Cardi B. I feel like she's yours. I mean, she's my girl, too. Cardi B. <laughs> love her. Wap, wap, wap. I'm joking. But, oh, <laughs> you know... I also listen to other forms of music and I also love, you know, other forms of entertainment that may not stereotypically be considered as black, right? Yeah. I enjoy yep. it, but it's it's crazy to think that, you know, sometimes I have these conversations with like people that are white that don't look like me and they're like so yep. gobsmacked by the fact that, you know, there could be similarities in terms of things that we're interested in. It's, it's crazy. And like, I even remember there was a time where Lizzo, the singer, right. Mm -hmm. I 
didn't really know about her. I don't really care for her music, like nothing against her, yeah. power to her, whatever, right? But I remember one of my work colleagues who was white must have said to me, do you know who Lizzo is? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because, you know, I obviously she didn't say because she's black because then I would I wish been, she had. I wish she had. I would have been like, yo, square up. I'm joking. No, but um, it was crazy that she thought I would know who she was just simply by virtue of the fact that she's the same color, skin color as you which is right I mean because if I knew I know everyone. trust me if black people knew every black person we would be so damn successful I mean if are I are you kidding me if I knew Beyonce if I knew Kanye, would I be where I am right now <laughs> but the thing is the thing that's hilarious is like but you you'd only need to know them because you're the same skin color that's it yeah you don't need to know anything else about them it's just the color of the skin that therefore makes you the same and the thing that you said that makes me laugh is the fact that they when you know when white people say oh my gosh you sound so white which i get a lot of as well i get it from black people which infuriates me Mm -hmm. and then i get it from white people because i'm like this is a joke basically black people you're trying to say i don't sound like you white people you're trying to say how can i sound like you or yeah. whatever it is that I sound like, where the hell do I fit in? Like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, let me live. Let me right. be. Because or as a white person, you're basically trying to say. Or what's your name? Like, people are so... So I have a very African surname. But to me, it sounds slightly, like, East Asian. I don't know. Whatever. But my first and middle name are very European. Like, they're Italian names, right? And... I always get asked, like, oh, what's your name? And I'll be like, oh, Barbara. And people will be like, really? Like, <laughs> like oh, my gosh. A, like, this is disgraceful. <laughs> right? They were expecting, like, dynamite. I don't know. Like, something very... <laughs> Mercedes. <laughs> I mean, if I said that, maybe, maybe I should try it. I should try it. Just to see what the reaction is. You should. And I bet you they won't even, they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. They'll think it's oh my normal. Gosh, it's such a beautiful name. Like, where is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was a time. Oh my god! That's a joke. Like this, this particular question is funny to me because, like, obviously, I've got so much anecdotes to like bring up. But there was a time where there was this girl. Oh, oh my gosh! This, there was this girl. I introduced myself to her. It was her first week in church, and I was like telling her, "Oh, you should go to institute and blah blah. blah. This is a good way to meet friends." blah blah I was like I'm not going but you should go it's a good way Mm -hmm. to meet people right had a good conversation blah blah left church and then I came back the next week surprisingly enough I did go to institute that week and what had happened was she was I saw the girl she's like hey and I was like hi I was gonna insert her name but I can't say her name but anyways she goes Mm -hmm. what's your name again and I was like as I was about to say it, she gave me the most ghetto. When I tell you the oh most God. ghetto, the ghetto, like she gave me the most <laughs> ghetto name. She was like, something, I can't remember, but it was something like, your name's Sharkeisha, right? My eyes, honestly, my eyes were going to fall out of my head, right? I looked at her like, where have you been? Where have you been? Right? 
where did you get this name? Because I, I just don't understand. Like, um, you know, the funny thing is, like, she was American. Because, like, you know, American black people, right? Sorry to stereotype my black Americans, but you know. But they have crazy they names. to give the most eccentric Inventive, names. yeah. Like, if innovation was a word, <laughs> they most definitely invented it because... Some of these names they be like spitting out just doesn't make sense to me. But obviously, she I look like a Sharkeisha to her, and I just I can't believe that. I just looked at her and I was like, "Wow, I can't believe you just." <laughs> do you get what I mean? Like, how dare you? Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. <laughs> the thing is, why couldn't she say, "Was your name Michelle?" Why couldn't it have been Katie? Right. Why did it have to be Sharkeisha or I don't know? A, at least give me, DeAndre or something. you know, a stereotypical African name like uh, I was going to say Mercedes, like Mercy or Precious or you know. Oh no, no, because that that can't be it. It has to be something that is out of this world. The, um, the thing that you were saying about name is like, that one just gets me because I have what people would call in. I'm saying in inverted commas an unusual name. So I don't have a white name such as the likes of Barbara or whatever. Wow. <laughs> wow (laughs) i just had to throw the shade there but my name is nana right and in ghana it's not even pronounced the way i say it because half of the world not even half of the world no one has been able to say my name correctly so i've just succumbed to this fake way of saying my name which is another thing it's so bad like why do i accept that why do i tolerate that right but that's a whole other question but um Oftentimes when I go to work or when I've started jobs and my surname is Apiatin and people are just like, oh, no, I, just, I just don't know how to say, guys, this is my attempt at a British accent, by the way. I just don't know how to say your surname. Like, it's just really complicated for me. Or I've heard people say things like, oh, I just started typing, you know, the, the first few letters and then I gave up because I just didn't know how to. And back in the days when I was young and dumb, I used to laugh, laugh it off. <laughs> oh, you know, it's got a lot of letters, or I'd make some excuse, oh, you know, it's a little bit, like, complicated to spell, you know, I understand, and then I was like, hold on a second, what the hell, why am I letting these people act like a name that has been given to me, literally, my God-given name is an issue, you don't hear me saying, oh, um, (laughs) Emily, do I pronounce your name Emily, or Emily, like, but it's, you know what I mean, like, I'm trying to say, why, why am I letting these people do it? So now, and the last time it happened to me, I won't say any names, it happened at my current job. One of my colleagues who I love dearly um, said to me, oh, I was her out of office. And so she had to type in my surname and be, you know, out of office email saying, if you need anything, please contact Nana. She says to me, mm-hmm. oh, I just didn't know how to say your name. I didn't know how to type it. So I just, I just typed the APP and then I left it. So my name is spelled A-double-P-I-A-T-E-N-G. And she's like, I just typed the APP and then I, I left it because, you know, like your name is so complicated and I don't know how to say it. That's to which I said, why don't you try? Why don't you just try and say that? She's like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's too much. I said, try. And she's like, I just, I just didn't even want to try. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to like make this easy for you. Just try saying my name. And then she did. And um, obviously it was easy because it wasn't that difficult. She's like, oh, it wasn't actually that bad. It's just, it looks so complicated. And I said, it kind of looks just as complicated as your surname. Though. <laughs> That's crazy. She was still, she was quiet, but nothing to say. Bear in mind, she doesn't have a 
typical surname either. And I'm thinking, who are you going to tell me that my name is like difficult when you have the same kind of name? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then from that moment on, she started saying my name properly and actually tries this time because I kind of, I think sometimes you just have to give it back to them. And that's what I realized. I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. I'm not going to allow it. I'm it's weird it with, with my surname, it's literally three syllables Nan Yonga, right? Nan Yonga. Like, it's not hard, right? It's really, really easy. And like I said, to me, it's somewhat, if you're not African, it sounds East Asian to me. That's my opinion, whatever, right? But it's like, when you hear about, like, when you look at names like Djokovic, right? The tennis player, his name is all funky, right? And don't tell me until he said his name that you got Djokovic out of the way you spell his oh, name. Yeah. Because I most definitely did not. I feel like Eastern European names are some of the most complex, difficult surnames. <laughs> yeah. Happen, right? But with ease, it's like, you know, I don't know, cooking rice. No, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. So that even, one they can say. Right? And it, it they make the effort. I feel like... Yep when it comes to certain black people obviously you only make the effort if you feel like if they deem them as successful do you get what i mean like you only yeah. get respect if you went to school or you've got this great job and etc cetera, etc cetera. like that's the only way but whatever anyways the next question do you believe black people will ever get justice if so when i don't think it's ever going to happen i think it has been too long institutionalized too many years of slavery too much history for it to all of a sudden someday go back to normal it will never go back to normal it, okay. well normal let me say normal wow wow talk about a pessimist like bloody hell <laughs> maybe i'm pessimistic i think i just but the way you emphasize never you said it will never imagine telling your child that you will never (laughs) i'm sorry guys i didn't mean it like that i don't sometimes i I can't get like damn (laughs) sorry 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 (laughs) guys guys just allow me this is the austrian in me just spitting facts like let me let me be a bit more diplomatic I meant, I struggle to see Black people ever getting justice. Wow, ever. <laughs> ever. To ever. <laughs> Crazy. No, but in all seriousness, I, I think maybe I'm just too pessimistic now. I've seen too much, I've heard too much to believe that white men or white, white men, white people will ever change their ways. There may be some, but it's so institutionalized. It is so ingrained in them from birth. The minute they come out of the womb. Wow. I'm telling you, there is, there's something in the air that, that is passed down to non-Black people. So the minute they come out of the womb, they are already, by virtue of the fact that like the way the world is set up, they are already better than. Not that necessarily they believe it, but that's already how the world has been set up for them to be better than. So I'm struggling to see whether how black people will ever get justice. That's how that's how I was trying to say it. I think you know, it's interesting that you said the whole better thing because, like, obviously, 
to people who aren't supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement, they tend to get lost in this world where they think that Black Lives Matter means Black lives are better. And it's mm-hmm. not about superior or inferior. It's just about, I'm, I should be considered your equal. Do you get what I mean? Um, but it's interesting that you brought that into recognition. I would say, um, will black people ever get justice? The answer is possibly, but certain okay. people need to get rid of their egos. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. certain people have to be willing to share their power in order to allow others to feel the same. Do you get what I mean? But mm-hmm. currently at the moment, there are certain people that don't want to share that power. And because of that, there's this unequal, systematic, institutional inequality amongst Black people and ethnic minorities where certain people who may not even be doing anything, who may not even, like literally, who don't even do their jobs properly, will be rewarded. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's until those egos have been basically dropped and that recognition of oh let other people have this opportunity as well do you get what i mean because currently there's no level playing field for anyone it's not level there are some people that are up there there are some people that are down there and etc etc and it's crazy to think that the people that are up there right they're issue is they feel attacked because obviously certain people need to let go of their egos in order to share um, power in a proportional manner and currently that isn't happening I mean the amount of jobs I've worked in where people that work above me get paid above me know the bare minimum and I'm doing I feel like 150% right And it's not, I'm, I'm not just saying that for black people, because it happens to like a lot of people, but it just mm-hmm. frustrates me that there are people that are less, in my eyes, less qualified to do certain things that are getting rewarded for literally doing nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Zero. But that's my opinion. Anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with me i really appreciate having me i hope everyone that's listened has really been able to get something positive out of this experience and they feel like they've been educated to some degree on a black person's experience in a white man's world and just to really put an emphasis on the importance of the black lives matter movement what it's trying to achieve what it has achieved and what it will achieve and to remember that it's not this crazy negative propaganda that certain people have drafted in their head and I'm not gonna lie the media has supported it by misinforming people about certain incidences that have happened but like the best your best friend I was gonna say is Google (laughs) but it isn't (laughs) your best friend is research before you open your mouth 
to say anything negative, always remember you're one click away (laughs) from finding out the truth. But you're also one (laughs) click away from finding out lies, right? Use your brain when you do your research. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, and also, can I just say something as a disclaimer? And I'm sure everyone listening to this, these are our opinions. Don't go trashing us in the comments just because this is how we feel. Like, that's another thing that I feel like people need to get over. This is my experience as a black woman. This is Barbara's experience as a black woman. We clearly don't have the same experiences or opinions. So it's like, calm yourself, okay? If you don't think the same, that's okay too. And if you want to fight her, her address is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you don't even know my address because you couldn't even make it to my house. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, thank you, Nana, for doing this interview. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Spread love, peace, positivity, and, you know, black lives do matter. Bye.